Good morning. We are so glad that you are worshiping with us this morning. My name is Andrea Smith. I'm the pastor here at West. And so this morning I have a question uh, that I wanted to ask you. And we are so glad if you are worshiping with us online this morning. And also if you're worshiping with us for the very first time. Uh, today's a little different. Every Sunday's a little different here at West. Uh, this Sunday I'm asking for volunteers and Here's the ultimate question. Do you trust me? Good. If you trust me, will you raise your hand? Good. Okay. There are a couple of you that did not raise your hands, and that has me a little concerned if I am your pastor. So, uh, Greg, and, and if you'll come, and Lynn. All right, good. Now. I have a blindfold okay. for each of you, and I'd like for you to put this on so that you cannot see. They're long blindfolds. Very good. Now, today we are talking about the I am statement of Jesus, where he said, I am the good shepherd, and I am the gate. And so in just a moment, we're going to have a little activity All right, they cannot see me because I just stuck out my tongue and nobody laughed. So I'm going to assume that they cannot see me. So I'm going to bring you over here and you're going to start. We have workman's comp here. So uh, if, like, you get harmed today, you're, you'll be okay. All right. So now just turn around. And in just a minute, you're going to take turns and you're going to have to find me. Oh, yeah, that sounds fun, doesn't it? All right, good. Now, y'all are going to be like in a little line of three. All right, good. Now, you're number one, Greg. You're number two, and you're number three. All right, got it? All right, everybody's got it. Now, a few weeks ago, the Compromands, that's... Uh, a time in youth when they explore what it means to be people of faith. It usually happens when they're in seventh grade. It's a season of studying and looking at, at what it means to follow Jesus. So we were talking about what it means to follow God and to, to hear the voice of God. And they actually came up with what you're getting ready to see. It was their wisdom that came out of our time together that really just moved me and taught me some lessons about faith and about trust and about what it means to follow God. So... In just a second, number one, you are going to come toward me and uh, you just, your goal is to reach me where I am, okay? All right, on your mark, get set, go. You're not talking anymore. <laughs> All right, very good. Give him a hand. Do you feel me? You can take your blindfold off now. Very good. Now, number two, are you ready? All right, on your mark, get set, go. Now, you just keep walking toward me. That's all you need to do. Um, it, just follow my voice, and we're going to actually keep going. Keep going. You're doing good. You look very calm and, and not anxious at all. So you look, I'm actually nervous because I'm worried about what I'm going to knock away. So very good. Give her a hand. You can take off your blindfold. 
And now, number three, I want you to come toward me. All right, stop. All right, now, good. Back up a little. And now I'm going to show you something. Reach over to your right just a little. Do you know where you are now? Very good. And you're in the front row. So, you know what's on your right? Down there? Mm-hmm. A chair. Right. So now walk forward. Reach over and touch again. What do you see? Part of another seat. Good. Keep going. Reach over and touch. What do you see? Part of another seat. All right, take off your blindfold. Oh, okay. <laughs> Very good. All right, give, give her a hand as well. Give them all a hand. Thank you. Y'all can keep the blindfolds as a token of my appreciation for your doing that. Very good. Thank you, guys. So, one of them had it pretty easy. Which one? Which one was it most easy for? Number two? Why? Because they could hear my voice and I was close. Now, number one had nothing, right? I mean, they just had to go. There was nothing to guide, nothing to steer. Number two had the voice, and I walked with her all the way, talking so that she could hear. Then number three had something that she could have held on to, but she didn't know it. And when she took off her blindfold, she's like, oh, now I see. I believe that's what it's like to be a people of faith. We have this, this gift that if we take off our blindfolds, we can see. In just a few minutes, I'm going to share with you the passage that Jesus said, you know, I am the gate. And if you'll just follow me, then you'll see. But before I do that, I want you to hear this. I tell you the truth, the man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. When he's brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. They'll never follow a stranger. In fact, they'll run away from the strangers because they don't recognize his voice. We have this gift that's offered to us, the voice of Christ, and we have the option to follow.
we are in the middle of a series called the I Am Sayings of Jesus, and we are looking at what it means to have identity, what our identity is, and how can we have identity that really matters? How can we love ourselves so that then, you know, we can share love? You can't share love unless you actually have it. One of the problems in life so oftentimes is that we're unhappy and we seem unhappy with circumstances or we seem unhappy with all the other things that are happening to us. But really, ultimately, what, what's going on is so much bigger. We're unhappy with who we are. I believe as a follower of God and a believer in God as revealed through the person of Jesus Christ that we've been given some ways that we can come to know who God is. And these I am sayings of Jesus are, are one of those ways. Jesus had lots of different I am's. The first one that we looked at was I'm the bread of life. I'm going to provide for you. I'll show you how you can have what you need that never goes away. And then last week we talked about I'm the light of the world and the light will shine through and in the darkness. And we talked about that it's okay to have times and places in our lives where, where we're in dark places. It's just part of it. But the beauty is that when we're in those dark places, that we're not alone. And the one thing that I would really challenge us to look at this morning and as we go through this series is our understanding of God. So oftentimes we look at God as this like cosmic genie, a genie in a bottle. So if we rub the bottle, then poof, out comes God. And, you know, God, this, this old man with a long white beard that sits up far, far away on this, you know, big, big throne. This, this image, you know, pops down right in front of us and we ask for these things. And, you know, sometimes we get them, sometimes we don't. And we assume that that means, well, I must not be living right. I must not be good enough, blah, 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 blah. And so that's like this, this understanding that unfortunately, humanity has of God and God is so much more first of all God is not some out there far away deity God lives in each of us we are each created I don't know what that means really why does that keep happening like at first I thought okay well Rob had a little slip up of the symbol but I see that there's no one there All right, that really does unnerve me, like when that happens. So, oh, goodness gracious. But, um, so, back to the, like, cosmic deity of God, and God's not far away, and God pops up and sits on the drum set and, you know, does the symbols. Actually, God lives within each of us. We are created in the image of God, imago Dei, and we are created out of love. And God, we understand that God is love. So keep that in mind as we look at these I am sayings of Jesus. Jesus came. He was God incarnate, God Emmanuel, God with us. And Jesus showed us. He said, look, I want to show you what God looks like. I want to show you who God is. If you'll just watch me, if you'll listen to me, if you'll follow me, I'm going to show you God. 
That's what all this is about. All these I am sayings Jesus was revealing to those who were following him the identity of God. And so we have this beautiful, beautiful picture of God that we can, we can fall in love with and not be afraid of and not feel like we have to, you know, keep this list of check boxes. You know, we do all this right, then God loves us, and, and this other list of check boxes that if we screw up or we mess up, then, oh, man, we're, you know, we're on the bad side. That's not what this is all about. Jesus is teaching the people who are following him, who are falling in love with him. They're worshiping God with him. He's showing them who God is. And then he comes to them and he says, okay, now I, I am, which was the Old Testament name for God, I am the good shepherd. The sheep, they follow me because they know my voice. They are mine and I am theirs. So there's this image of sheep and a shepherd. Now back in the B.C. time period, historically the sheep were kept in pens. But the pens oftentimes were portable. Now if the shepherd was wealthy, he would have the big stone walls and all the sheep would be right there and they'd only stay in that one place because they had a lot of land. But for the most part, shepherds were not wealthy people. And so the sheep, they would graze here for a little while and then they would move and they would graze here for a little while, then they would move. And they were, they were always roaming. So the pens that kept the sheep together, they had to be portable. So they were these uh, walls that could be put up and torn down rather quickly. Now, it was a three-sided enclosure. And the fourth side was where the door was. They would make sure that there was enough room for the sheep to come in and out and so that the area could be protected by the shepherd. And there was only one door. Now, sheep are not overly intelligent animals. And there's two things that they would do. They would go out, and they would roam. They would eat while they were outside. And then the other thing that they would do is at the end of the day, they would come back into their, their pen, and they would go to sleep. They would rest. So that's like our lives. We go out, and then we come back to find safety and peace and rest. We go out into the unknown. We come back to where we're secure, to where we are known. All throughout scriptures, we see God saying to the people, I know you're going out and you're coming in. So when Jesus is telling them the story about being the good shepherd, he's using an analogy that they would understand. Sheep, 
This was, you know, one of the common trades back then, being a shepherd. So he's talking to them about sheep, something that they would understand. Most of us here are not sheep herders. So forgive me for giving you this, like, long explanation about the sheep, but it's really important to understanding what it is to then have this I am of God in each of our lives. We have to understand the whole deal about the sheep. So if the sheep are in their pen and they're lying down to rest, and, and they have what they need through the night, then it's all good. But in the morning, they would get up, and they would go out, and they would roam. Now, that's when the sheep were happy. That's when they could have joy. You know, they're not kept in this tight little entrapment. They were able to go and, and be free. That's how we are as humanity, as people created in the image of God. We're created with this thing that we call free will. And this traces back to the, the cosmic God genie, the God, the genie in the bottle. That's not who God is because, you see, God created humanity. Humanity was created with free will. We get to go when we get to do when we get to be. We get to be out there. But at the end of the day, when all of the excitement and everything else dies down, it's just me. And it's just you, alone, with yourself. That's what the image is like when the sheep would come back in the pen. They went out, they, went there, they did their, their sheep kind of thing, and then they came back. When we come back, when all the noise of life goes away, when all the distractions that we have that keep us so busy so that we don't have to think about who we are and whose we are. That's when we find ourselves journeying like the sheep. We go out and we live a little. We come back and we want to find that peace, that joy, internally, not externally. But so oftentimes, that inner peace, that inner love, and that inner joy is so hard to hold on to. Because you see, we let the out there define us. We let other people and their perceptions of us form our identity. But the beautiful thing here in this I am saying of Jesus, Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep and they know me. Go back to understanding the pen as a, a three-sided figure and then the fourth side would be the place where they had the door. A lot of times, when the shepherds were out roaming, they would not have a physical gate to close the door. So once the sheep would all come back in the gate at the end of the day, the way that the shepherd would provide protection for the sheep from predators so that the sheep would have enough peace so that they would lie down and go to sleep, the shepherd would physically lie down in front of the door. The shepherd would basically be the gate. 
So that's what Jesus is saying when he says, I am the gate, or other translations say, I am the door. He's saying, you know, I will give you what you need to be protected from the predators and, and all the other things that are out there that keep you from being at peace. I am. And remember when Jesus is saying, I am the one who's going to show you this, he is revealing to us God. The divine love and energy and presence that is in each of us, we say that we have that presence by the power of the Holy Spirit. But the bottom line is, it's, it's in each of us. We just have to claim it. We have to, uh, to use a different analogy, plug into it, so that we can, we can hold on to it. When Jesus is reading this passage, or saying these things to them, uh, and he references robs and th robbers and thieves, and he says, you know, those who don't go through the door, those who don't go through the gate, they climb over. Well, he was referring to thieves. They would come, it was not uncommon at all, for thieves to come and steal the sheep. Now, they didn't jump over the walls to try to kill the sheep. That was not the point. They jumped over the walls to get them, to capture them, so that then they could take them and use them for their own good. He's saying to the people that are following him, when he's giving them this analogy, look, when, when you're out there in life, there are going to be people that use you there are going to be people that hurt you. There are going to be people that have their own agendas and they're not really worried about yours. And, and it's going to cause you to have some pain. It's going to cause you to struggle. But if you'll, if you'll follow me, if you'll let me be your shepherd, if you'll let God be your shepherd, then, then those things, those negative things that you encounter in life, It'll be okay. I'll find, I'll help you find a way to sustain. I want to read to you the other half of this passage from the book of John in chapter 10. Jesus said to them again, I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the fullest. Why does this matter at all for us? Actually, why does any of this matter really? Why does worshiping God or following God or being a people of faith, why bother? Because I believe, and I hope that you'll believe it too, that there is a possibility and a potential in life, to not live unhappy, to not live afraid, to not live always wondering 
what other people are thinking about us or what other people are judging us to be or not be. I believe that we all have this opportunity in life to have a life that is full of joy and full of peace. And I believe that that comes to us through knowing who we are, claiming our identity. And what that means is understanding our identity in the eyes of Imago Dei being created in the image of God, and God is love. This divine love that lives in each of us, if we live that, if we claim it, if we know that we are people who have this amazing potential to be loved, then life is different. So don't let other people define you. Don't let the people that are out there make you believe who you are. Do you know that uh, psychologists say that we finish the sentence, we define our identity, I am. We describe ourselves based on the description of the most important person in our lives. So for just a second, I want you to think right now where you are in your journey, uh, whether you're retired or whether you're in school, who is the most important person in your life right now? Who has the most influence on you? Now, if you were to ask them, how would you describe me? Whatever their answer is, is how we end up living out who we are. Now, my hope is that we all have positive people in our lives that are the most important people, and so you are being built up by those that are around you. But far too often in life, sometimes the most important people are like our boss or a coach of a sports team if we're in school or, you know, a parent or a spouse or a friend. And sometimes, because it's all relational and it all interweaves together, the people that are the most important people in our lives, they don't always, like, say really nice things. And that creates us to have unhealthy identities. And because we end up taking what they think about us and, and who we are, and we make that be the tapes that we play in our head, uh, defining our identity and our reality, it ends up being this very negative cycle and then we find ourselves unhappy. Being a people of faith and being a people that follow Jesus and, and worship God offers us knowing that we are a people of love. Because you see, Jesus was telling folks that he'd never met, look, I'm going to show you God, and, and God, God is love. And this love will hold you this love will protect you. This love will sustain you. You're going out and you're coming back in. That's what he's saying. I am the gate. I am the good shepherd. Back in the 1800s, there was a famous evangelist. His name was D.L. Moody. 
he had a gentleman who would go around to the conferences that he would put on that was his lead vocal, his lead musician. His name was Iva Sweezy. Iva was also in the war. And after the war was over, in 1872, he was on a steamboat on Christmas Eve. They were going somewhere and Somebody on the boat recognized him as this famous musician for D.L. Moody. And he said, hey, you know, you, would you sing for us on this boat this evening? And he said, well, sure. And so one of the songs that he frequently sang was, Savior, like a shepherd, lead us. Part of the words of that song were, guide me. Befriend me, for I know that I am in your care. So he starts singing the song on this boat, and, and after it's over, this other gentleman comes up to him and says, I have a, just a, a question for you. Were you in the army? Were you fighting in the war? And he said, yes, I was in the Confederate army. And I was a sentry. And so this gentleman says, I was too, ironically enough. I too was a sentry, but I was on the Union side. And so they exchanged greetings. And then the gentleman said, let me ask you one more question. On this time period, were you located in this one particular place and so he shared, you know, where he was fighting and in a battle. And the Iva said, yeah, actually I was. I was stationed there, and that's where I was, the sentry. Now, a sentry is the person who was appointed to the camp to stand guard at night. People going out and people coming in. And his job was to make sure that no one that was going to bring harm to the camp would be allowed in. So they figured out that they were actually at the same time in the same place, and then the Union soldier gentleman said, I'm pretty sure that there was one night that we were actually getting ready to plan an ambush for your camp, and I came up, and I was getting ready to shoot you. You were within a clear line of shot. And then you started to sing while you were looking up at the heavens and the stars. And the words that you sang were the same words that you sang just now. Guide me, for it is in your care. I am in your care. He said the same words that you sang just now here on this boat were the same words you sang that night, I believe. And Iva said, yeah, I would sing Savior like a shepherd lead us because I knew that that's where my care and my protection came from. Now think about that image for just a second. So 
here's this gentleman, and he's looking up to the heavens, not expecting this, you know, like human being to pop down out of the sky and grant his wishes. He's looking up to the heavens and he's singing to something that was inside of him. That peace, that comfort. Guide me, for it is in you, for it is in your care that I am. I am. I am the good shepherd. I am the gate. We each have a voice of God that lives in us, that offers us peace, offers us hope, and offers us a way to make it through the darkness. This morning, as I close, I want to tell you one more thing. It's a different image, it's, it's a different analogy, so uh, leave the sheep for just a second. The people that followed Jesus, they knew that there was something unique about him. They didn't, you know, get into the whole salvation thing that we have misconstrued over the years. They just knew that he had this divine connection with God, and it infiltrated who they were. So much so that after he was killed, even though he was no longer with them physically, they kept this sect or this movement going. They were called the followers of the way because he said, I am the way. Next week, we're going to look at I am the way, the truth, and life. But, but he said, I am the way. I want you to follow me and you'll experience God. So even after he wasn't there with them anymore, they still wanted to have this, this peace and this love and this hope and this joy that came from being around him. One of the symbols of the early Christians was this. Fingers crossed. Now, this next part that I'm getting ready to tell you, I learned actually from Rob Fuquay. This is not in any kind of history book, so don't go look it up. But it's a powerful analogy. The early Christian pictures and symbols that have been painted of the early followers of Christ, sometimes you would see them going like this. It's fingers crossed. Now, in today's world, sometimes we cross our fingers for what? Good luck. Or if you tell a lie, but that's totally irrelevant, you know, to this right now. We cross our fingers for good luck. This is also the symbol in American Sign Language for the letter R. In the Old Testament, there is a psalm, the 23rd, the 23rd psalm, The Lord is My Shepherd. There's a verse in that psalm that says, And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Through. That means we come out on the other side. 
It's okay to be in the darkness. Because when we're in the darkness, there's something, someone, some, some love that holds us together. We can cross our fingers on it. Because though is another word that is used often. Though I find myself in the valley of the shadow. That, that phrase is in scripture there's a letter difference between though and through, and it's the letter R. Fingers crossed. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. For four or five, six thousand years, people have believed that there's something bigger than we are. That something is God. That something is love. It holds us all together. And we are able, because of that love, to make it through all things. Let us pray. Gracious God, thank you for giving us images of who you are as revealed to us through the person of Christ. Thank you for his words. Thank you for his insight and his wisdom. Help us to see you. Help us to know that you are the one that binds us together. You created us in your image of love. And we ask that you carry us and sustain us through and in all things. In Christ's name, amen. I want you to go back to the analogy of the headband that we had this morning. When we are going out and then we're coming back in, basic, did I say headband? Okay. I don't know where that came from. Nobody had a headband this morning. Maybe I think I need a headband. Anyway, uh, the blindfold, not the headband. We all go through life coming back in blindfolded. Now, we can go see and we can go do and we can go experience all the out there stuff, but, but when it comes back to finding that peace and that inner peace, we're blindfolded. We don't see. Because you see, there's not really anything like to see that we put our hands on like the chairs. What we can see is deep within each of us. And it's okay to not be able to see out there because when we look within, we do see. And what we see is a creation of God that is loved, and we can find that peace that carries us. Even though we find ourselves in the valley of the shadow of death, we will be able to go through that valley with our fingers crossed. We can see. Go in peace. Amen.